this week on the South Road Podcast, there's only one place to go, and that's Paris to review Ireland's historic win over South Africa in the Rugby World Cup. We also jump across and discuss Eddie Jones, more or less being crashed out of a World Cup to Wales, and just where do Australia go from there, and how good are Wales? And we cover all the other action on the weekend. Enjoy. Hello, welcome back to the Broke Podcast. I'm pleased to know it's got the usual man back in the studio. Zachary Hutchinson, how are you? I'm doing very, I'm doing very well this week. You know, it's great. Not in Oxford this week. I'm actually home for a bit, which is nice. And uh, yeah, how are you doing? Good, good. I'll, I'll be back. I'll be joining you for our Thursday pod now. I'll be, I'll be yeah. back, back in town. So I'll join you and we'll do a we pod together in our big studio that we have in over in Ireland but in the meantime we'll crack on no doubt Zach everyone's clicking this pod for one thing only and that's here by Ireland South Africa we'll be honest so majority of this pod will be Ireland South Africa but obviously I thought Eddie you were going to say Tonga Scotland there I was getting excited obviously but... obviously Eddie Jones <laughs> Eddie, Eddie will be discussed and Zach's Outrageous statement about Scotland Tonga will be addressed as well. <laughs> but, uh, fair, for about 10 minutes, it wasn't that outrageous. But gonna ju- just start that before we get in. I said on the pod, the, re- the only reason you said that was because you were hoping. You were thinking, if Ireland lose against South Africa, but Tonga beats Scotland. You were thinking, that wasn't a podcast head thought. That was, you. your heart was thinking there. And that was, that was outrageous thinking, Zach. Because Scotland are a very, very, very good rugby team of a lot of threats and will cause Ireland serious problems and cause South Africa problems. So I'd like you to apologise to Gregor <laughs> Townsend right now. I'm not disrespecting Tonga, but you were saying Tonga were heavy favourites and stuff like no, that. No, I didn't. That's absolute rubbish. I, I didn't say they I were heavy favourites. I think Tonga are a great side and they caused problems, which you said they would. But you, you were very convinced Scotland were going to it win. It was more hit and hope, wasn't it? I was kind of like, well, and to be fair, 10 minutes in, Tonga were leading. I was like, <laughs> I'm actually bright here. It's going to be the best hot take I've ever done in the pod. But no, I think just to wrap it up quickly, fair to Scotland, points back very well. Tonga, yeah, I mean, they've shown promise, but it's just how they build on that. But anyway, I think we should just yeah, get Yeah, I think in. you're right, though, about Tonga. Tonga are only going to get better, and they're going to yeah. get better and better. And I think they will put a big score on Romania. And I think Tonga will show, we've hinted how good Tonga can be. And I think Tonga will show that this World Cup, which is all what you were trying to say with their star, yeah. star power. But yeah, Scotland. Kind of raised the profile through outrageous statements. The fact Scotland only had played one game against South Africa and now they missed out losing bonus point. And then, well, we're on the brink of exit. Shows how crazy Scottish, the draw Scottish was. Is. But they, well, got, they, got, they got five points. But the reason. They needed five points, obviously, it was because Ireland beat South Africa and Scotland lost against South Africa and didn't get those bonus points. So this group really is heating up. But on the game itself, Zach, the game of all games, a lot, a lot of the chat obviously is about the physicality, about the energy. Maybe especially early on, the skill level potentially dropped down. Ball handling, lineouts going array, misery. Yeah. Yeah, and things like that but the reason that happens is because of intensity physicality uh that that so do you think that was 
up there or past Lions v South Africa 9 for physicality, brutal <laughs> rugby? Because a lot of people said those days are over. I watched back that first 10 minutes. That, that phase yeah, of play, intense. when South Africa clear it, it bounces, Aronson gets it, bounces low, then it's a ruck. I think DLN, they bounces off someone, offloads it. Then Viser, he bounces two people. And then uh, it's nearly a turnover. And then Keller comes in and dumps a boy. This all happens within within phase after phase after phase. And it's I just still like... think Lions 09 is maybe slightly up above it for physicality, just because maybe a little bit more potentially was let go in those days. But it was right up there for me. I think that, well, the beauty of it is the fact that there was no yellows and there was no reds. There was no serious, I mean, there was the odd, I think there was the odd kind of penalty for maybe like a later tackle or or whatever. But the fact that it was a cl- on the whole a clean game when it came to the kind of physicality shows um, how good both these sides are when it comes to defence, when it comes to tackling. You know, if I'm director of rugby at a school or, or anywhere, club rugby, where, wherever it is, you're putting this game on tape and you're showing it to your boys because this is how you tackle well and sustain that throughout the full 80 minutes. It's just, it it was, I think you're right. I think I would agree that I think the Lions just has that bit more. Also because it was just the Lions, you know, at the end of the day, the Lions is kind of bigger than a World Cup pool stage game. So um, you got to handle that way. But I think you're right also, like they let more a lot more away that in those days, but yeah, tell what was your what was your highlight? What was your favorite moment of the uh, of the game? To be honest, that was nearly the moment. It was just mad. <laughs> Mine. Dale I'm gonna say, are you gonna? Yeah, I like Dale Endy's boys and Sexton for all physicality. <laughs> like he is some player. <laughs> Dale Endy is absolutely incredible at rugby. But then in the other twelve jersey, Bundyaki's oh. line break was good. And Where the match would you say? Bundyaki's Bonson burners to get away. He had, like I don't know where he's this guy. He's always had a, a turn of gear, but like proper burners. Like Henshaw was left in the dust on the support line. Um, <laughs> I'd probably say the moment for me was when Jack Crowley came on and was pushing boys left, pushing boys right, and getting in position for a drop goal. The fact Jack Crowley wanted the moment was pushing boys around, was getting in position. I know it got charged down by Dale Ende, but <laughs> the fact he just came on the pitch and was like, I want to be the match winner. I want to put my name in lights shows that he is now behind Sexton. I don't know, did you get that vibe that he wanted that so badly and it did get charged and it wasn't to be for him, but then obviously and penalty knocked it over, but I just felt when he came on, I was like, Wow, I feel potentially Aaron now. I have if it goes wrong with sex, then I think Aaron could still win the World Cup with Jack Crowley. Oof, that is the clip right there. Um, yeah, I you mean, need, like, you to need stop me, saying, but... you need to stop saying that'll be the clip right there because it ruins the clip when you when you say halfway through the clip, ah, uh, that's gonna be the clip. No, it's not at the end. It's not at the end of your your statement. No, um, because you know me, I'm very much a Ross Bird man when it comes to twenty two. I think he just has that calm, level head. You know, kind of like almost like a James Milner will come on and kind of guarantee you like a seven out of ten. 
But to be fair, I did notice the Jack Crowley, just the way he commanded. Because I think the biggest thing is not the fact, like Ross Byrne or Jack Crowley probably have like, you know, they're, they're in their own right, very good rugby players, especially Jack Crowley and what he did this year with Monster winning the um, winning the ERC. But one thing we got, what you lose when Sexton goes off is you lose that commander, that person who's going to lead by example, who's going to be shoving you know, Peter Manny or whoever is Keelan Doris around to make sure they're in position and things like that. And that's the first time that I've really seen him take charge, Jack Crowley, in an international stage. He hasn't had much time in the international stage, mind you. But that, and it, it, to be fair, it, it, I picked up on it. I was like, wow, I think the future is bright. And I think you're right. If, you know, assuming that we play New Zealand in the quarterfinal, um, you know, Sexton goes off after 30 minutes or whatever, concussion, I... um. I totally back Jack Crowley. And I know people might raise eyebrows off eight minutes of a couple of touches, but it was just the persona of him. The way he yeah. was walking around the pitch, I just felt like he knew he belonged there and he's done the hard road now. Yeah. Uh, he, he didn't get in a monster straight away and he was kind of the one of the star boys coming out of Under 20 Rugby. And yeah, I felt that was a real moment positive. But in terms of going back to the game itself, Chances were left out there. A lot of the debate, obviously, yeah, it's basically around the fact if South Africa could kick, South Af- it felt a lot of the arguments is now South Africa lost the game rather than won the game. Very harsh because then a lot of the, the counter argument is well, Ireland lost all these lineouts on the line and they should have taken advantage. So it probably does even out with the lineout with Kelleher's or whatever was going wrong with the lineout. What went wrong there with my LeBanc and Faf de Clerc? But before we get into that, do you feel the Springbok coaching side of potentially taking too much control of decision making because the lights were going up, indicating <laughs> so indicating, we're going to go there, indicating to kick for goal when you've sent me stuff, Zach, about the reason my LeBanc's in the team is because his line kicking so good and he puts it right in the corners for the big lineouts. So yeah, that's what he did last minute of the game. You know Do you mean? think potentially that Springbok coaching team maybe are calling the shots too much up there if they're lights? I'll be honest. I hadn't even thought about that. Um, if, if if that's what the lights are for... No, no that is speculation. The lights it is speculation. But if that's what they're for, then like, come on, people. Let your senior leadership team on the pitch deal with it. Like, come on. That's the way rugby should be played. That's the way it's best played. Trust your players. Trust their instincts. And if it goes well great and if it doesn't you still back them you know what I mean um I don't know but yeah like this whole thing of like oh South Africa lost the game I just don't buy it you got to play the game in front of you South Africa missed chances but Ireland missed chances you know Kelleher couldn't hit a barn door for some reason in the line out um don't know what's going on there but he did not have a good night um for being for being brutally honest um don't know who the list yeah. though as I said about his physicality and his it, it, in the loose, he's always good. It's just yeah. that lineouts. It just it was the lineout. But you, but you don't. I think, I think for Ireland, especially us, because we have so like we have Shane Kelleher and Herring, you know, kind of three very, very good hookers, some of which are world class. Um, I'll not say which one. Um, Rob Herring. <laughs> but obviously, we. I think we just maybe like you underestimate or forget. Just like you kind of take for granted the fact that your hooker is going to hit the man in the line out every time. And with 
Ireland, the way they play, they love going for the corner. You saw that first penalty in for Ireland. Sexton could have got took the points, would have got the points, went for the corner. Um, it shows the importance of having a, a hooker that can throw. Um, I mean, there was, but then Sheehan comes on and, and kind of rectify, rectify it. So I don't think it's maybe anything to do with the Ireland line-out calls and just have Africa work them out. I think just Kelleher just had a bad game in that way. Um, but yeah, Ireland left points out there on the pitch. South Africa left points on the pitch. Um, if, if Pollard plays that game, I still think Ireland win it, genuinely. Well, that, 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 that's the big argument that Pollard plays because Pollard is... Pollard has had off days with the boot. Obviously, Pollard has that huge, big game player in him where he can just kick everything. But Pollard has struggled since 2019 for consistency, both with injuries and on the pitch with his goal kicking. So... There is a reason my Bock is in the team, and it's not just because yeah. Pollard was injured. They could have. He's a great ten, and he gives you he gives you something different too. That real attack in ten. I mean, he could do new look crossfield kicks. <laughs> like, oh, he's he's really, in there no, for a reason. I feel it's t- it's going to be a tough time for him to bounce back, and I think so. I think I have to stick with him, obviously. Um, but yeah, because they've changed style of play to be more running. But what, what gets me wrong, Doug, is if they're going to stick with my LeBoc, why did they replace the Marks with Pollard? Because if Marks comes on, oh, sorry, Marks would have started and then Bongi would have been taking those last couple of lineouts, the crunch lineouts where it went array, balls. Yeah. Um, that's where it got wrong is the selection pre-competition to take four scrum halves and two specialised hookers. That's where it went wrong for South Africa because if they had a specialised hooker on the bench, I thought the 7-1 worked. I thought, yeah, my Lebok missed a few kicks, but they had a line-out on the line in the last minute. So the game is still there and I feel they can't change that now. They're going to have to wait for another injury to get a specialised hooker on the bench. So like yeah, that's, I do. that's a crazy yeah. position to be in. But obviously Faree can work. Faree threw okay, you know, but one of the big pressure moments, it was squint. And you can't do that on these huge stages. And yeah, Bongi you saw it. It's have, a game of five margins. Bongi's always done 40 men's with marks. That's the way it's always been. So that's where South Africa in trouble. And that and I it's the first time ever I feel Razi potentially and even Aber they've probably pushed it too far with those four scrum halves because what there's I know Reinach was on the bench in Faf, but then what what the other two doing? They're not in the match day squads. You you've got two scrum halves there that and then what you know, are they doing? Made, a, I, but do you think South Africa potentially try to push it as far as they could? Because at the end of the day, they don't need to win this. They don't need to win that. So you might as well have pushed it as far as you can. And then now reassess, go, okay probably need a goal kicker, we'll bring Pollard back in um, and we'll we'll get 70 minutes out of Bongi in the future and we'll get his fitness levels up over the next few weeks because yeah, I don't know. There's an argument for that whereas I definitely think Ireland left everything out there whereas the box obviously they can't fix a few things and a lot of the chat is serious my chat is this is the final already. Well, Thanks. this is the thing, right? I don't know if I agree with you in terms of. I think there's a lot more still to come from Ireland too. I, I they're just. I, I, I mean, I can't pinpoint 
my reasoning for it other than just that kind of sense of looking at the body language of the players. Yeah, so they were ecstatic. They've just beaten the Springbok in a massive pool stage game and it was a titanic battle over 80 minutes. But at the same time, I just feel like there's more to come. Andy Farrell, post-match press conference, alluded to that as well. There's more to t- There's more to come from this Ireland side. You know, this Ireland side has got a lot to improve on with the lineouts, with um, kind of skill and ball handling. So, I mean, both sides are going to improve, which is scary. It's scary. But I still, to I still, well, it's turning to big. Who's going to win the World Cup? Obviously, but it's going to happen. You have the two best sides in the world going up against each other. I think France watched that game, and now I think, okay, Dupont's going to be okay for the quarterfinal. He's got his mask back on. I think they're <laughs> they're the. France will have watched that game and thought, okay, we can win the World Cup. I don't think they ever doubted they couldn't, but I think they both watched that game. And you think about someone like Thomas Ramos, he doesn't leave anything out there. Yeah, you true. watch his kicking against Namibia. It was, <laughs> I know it was Namibia, but like <laughs> everything, no problem for him. So, yeah, I'd, I think that game probably gave the French confidence because a lot of the chat, even Bundiaki after the game saying, you know, we can see them again. Like, a lot of people think they will meet again, but the only way they'll meet again is in the final. So, yeah. I do agree, though, Zach. I think Ireland left points out there, and I think South Africa left points out there. And then the day, when it came down to the... When it came down to the squeeze, Ireland had enough, especially in defence. Like, that final line out, it could have easily cracked there. Massive. But, Andy, Tyburn in. And then, but, then I look at, but then I look at, like, even, like, pre that line out, and just even those last few moments when there were stoppages... The fact they, I think my highlight, going back to my original question, was when all of them were in a huddle and Ian Henderson was doing breathing techniques with them. I loved that. Like, just like this, this is a team that is focused on, they're a team that's focused on winning the World Cup and they were focused on that moment of taking off the next thing and moving on to the next thing, you know. Um, I love that. I just love that. I love the leadership from Ian Henderson as well. Shout out to the Ulsterman. Just kind of leading that. And, his impact you know, too was ter- terrific. You know, there's a lot of shots yeah, to start that game for his physicality, but he came on and brought his physicality. But I definitely feel South Africa finished the game stronger, which is natural with the the seven one. So seven one. But also, like I think about the seven one, and I'm just kind of like, you're bringing off Steph the toy, you're bringing off Wiset, you're bringing off Khaleesi, like you're I was thinking off that like, world yeah. class players, and Ireland prove that. Like Ireland has proved in that game that they can stick at such a high intensity for eighty minutes. Like, they, like we'll, Ireland. Do you, we'll, do you think we'll see it again? Do you think that's seven one over experiment? I think that is a seven one over. So Africa naturally go six two, which is fair because it definitely plays to their strengths. But I think the seven one, it's just kind of like, are we doing the seven one for the seven one sake? Are we actually doing it to better the game? Because you know the likes of Josh Flanderflair and and the boys like staying on and matching South Africa for their physicality. And they've just played 75 minutes. It's just kind of, I don't know. I just think maybe, well, I think just we can get so clouded in our judgment and just think, oh, this new novel thing and it's great and only given, you know, Khaleesi 50 minutes is the way to go or whatever. But I'm kind of like, it's Khaleesi, it's Steph the Toy. The Toy was World Player of the Year at one point. It's kind of like, I want to give him well, he was minute. He was the one. He was the one that stayed on. Mm. He was, he, he, that's when you're good. <laughs> no. When you know seven of the eight are coming off and you're the one that stays on, that's when you're <laughs> world class. I agree with you, Zach. I remember looking at the bench thinking, lot, like, there's a lot of good players there that probably haven't given all. Because you can't. You know, you warm yourself into a game. Half time. and It's over. Like, it's 
it's interesting, but I think Razi pushed up and the Baba up. So I keep saying Razi, it's just a, it's a habit of mine just because of the last World Cup, but it's obviously Nina Abra's team. I think him and Razi together tried to push it on purpose. They've got mm. the results. They've got their case study. They're going to move forward. So I still think South Africa off the back of that game will think we can win the World Cup. I think France off the back of that game think we we can win the World Cup. And I think Ireland off the back of that game think we can win the World Cup. That's a very good way to put it off. Very, yeah. very good way to put it. And on to the next game. What the one we previewed was Australia Australia Wales. That was the other big game we previewed out uh, last yep. week. And sadly, well, for a cla- for a classic sex act didn't live up to it. For a classic neutral, it was kind of just you know I think it was crazy. I think Australia's last points were in the thirteenth minute. Or something crazy yeah, like that. It was just it was a real just slow death of Australian rugby. Like it wasn't like it was, bang, bang, it bang, was brutal to watch. It was just a slow, and Wales now the first side into the quarterfinal. Gatlin does it again, man. He's just so good. He just finds a way, doesn't he? And to be fair, but at the same time, this Australian side was per. But you look back at that Fiji win, you're like, that's quite impressive, all things considered. Like Australia were per. Australia were a team that was totally deflated. They were a team that was had given up. Inside what 20. do you think about during the week the news came out that about Eddie Jones potentially speaking to Japan on a Zoom call right before the World Cup about a new role? Do you think that, yeah, well, that I you don't can't think... deny that will filter through? I know the players said, Oh, we believe Eddie. He said no, he didn't do it. So but to have that on like the eve of a match and then not it think shows gonna... it shows how much the Australian media don't like him. The fact that they would leak that. The, the the night before because at that point it was Sunday morning but it would have been the, uh, the day of or whatever I can't figure out the time zones um but the fact that they would leak it like the Sydney Morning Herald is a, it's one of the major newspapers in Australia it's not some like small little kind of back end of nowhere tabloid it's a proper newspaper and if it's reporting that like it just shows how much they just hate Eddie which I think is a problem in itself because it's kind of like you mean you're helping no one there? You could release it the day after the game. Like, why do it before? But obviously they're doing it to kind of get it out of and get it the the team. But yeah, Wales are... I mean, like, how much do you want, do you want to read into this Wales win? Biggest win of Australia? I think. I think I've said it before. I always talk about genuine talent that you could just pop into a side and look at Jack Morgan. Hmm. I think he gets into any team now, the way he's playing. I yeah, look at some I serious at, chat. He's at least making a Lions squad. <laughs> if we're going to go there. It's, that's ridiculous to bring the Lions in at the moment. But There's <laughs> a show Zach, he's the Lions captain right now. Well, that's, that's an outrageous statement. Okay. To be fair, that actually be fun. I think after the World Cup, we should do based on the World that's Cup. Jokes side, but like he obviously he, he's wheels captain, so he's in the show, you know. Yeah, it's true, it's fair, it's fair, it's fair. But yeah, I think honestly, obviously, Johnny Sexton on his way to potentially winning the World Cup. We'll have something to say about that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's it's a it's amazing what you say about that Welsh team. And as I say, I think Ludwig Samet is starting to hit really good form, looking really sharp. I think George North is looking really good at 13. I think Nick Tompkins is absolutely outstanding at 12. They found a really good centre partnership for the first time 
probably for the first time since North Davis or Davis and Hadley Parks. Yeah, I'd even <laughs> say no. I think Pumpkins and North. It was at North ACL stunted him right for the the twenty twenty one Lions. That didn't help him, yeah. but when he was going well, but no, and then. Obviously, Amscombe was the star of the show. And yep, big time. Because Gatlin said we're in a good place. We've got Dan Bigger, who's going to come back for the quarterfinal. He's okay. And then he also said, and then obviously Anscombe has proven that he's a big game player. He can step up, you know, the turn South Africa and the on the last minute conversion to win the game. Like he can do that. As well as you got Costello as a little young up and coming 10. He's like, we're in a good place. They are in a good place. You look at their nines. You know, you look but at I Gareth think... Davis on fire, second row, Adam Baird, Adam Baird straight into Lions second row. It's a really good team that's starting to turn the screw. It's that a really good team, be... but they're yet to face. Well, I suppose Fiji's a proper test. I think it, I think it's fair enough to say now Fiji are test, but I just don't know if they can match the physicality intensity that Ireland, South Africa had. Now, to be fair in saying that Ireland, South Africa fed off each other's intensity, that's why they were, that's why they produced one of the most physical games we've ever seen in the modern era for 80 minutes because they kind of pushed each other on. So I think it's unfair to kind of compare it with how would Wales do against South Africa or whatever. But at the same time, I just, I don't know, I just kind of feel like, I just feel like with, with Wales, I mean, they're looking good, but are they really looking like a team that's going to get beyond the semis? I mean, it's a one-off game. I think in a one-off semi-final with Warren Gatland, who's been there before, never which is done looking it. like it could be, he could be coming up against, you know, an Andy Farrell or an Ian Foster, who potentially haven't been in that position as a head coach like a Gatland. I think Gatland, there's a reason he came back, Zach. And he's, he's seen the draw and he knew he could do it. And he wouldn't and have come doing. back if he didn't think it. But obviously... The flip side, Eddie came back to Australia thinking he could do it. Mm. But what, what what do you actually think going back? We're getting a bit excited about Wales, but looking at looking like an Argentina, it's on. But well, we 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 know don't rely like Argentina in the quarterfinal. And you can't you can't. They 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 look decent at Samoa. Good grindy win actually. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> the family. Run on the show. But the family indeed. Uh, <laughs> I love the man. But yeah, Eddie, I don't want to get into football chat, but you see if some of those big, big managers that are world class, you know, your Mourinho's and your Conte's, proper managers, and then overnight it just feels like they lost, they lose it. To be fair, like with Eddie. To be fair, like genuinely, he gives me such Jose Mourinho vibes. Like he just does. It's just kind of like. I don't know, he kind of just capitulated. I think maybe he just got too smart for his own good. No, to be fair, I want to actually say, like, respect to him last night. He came and did the post-match I interview. I thought it was, it was the he first was, time he, he was, was in a microphone and you could actually, they're out the World Cup, but he just wasn't spurting rubbish for views, for clicks, for everything. He was actually quite emotional, to be honest. You could you could see it in his eyes almost. Like, he was, he was emotional. And he didn't throw his players under the bus. He kind of he he backed his players. Um, it was the it was a whole different side to Eddie, which genuinely I don't think the rugby world has ever seen, or at least hasn't seen for a very long time. We're used to this kind of abrasive, kind of Josie Mourinho type figure, really arrogant, you know, clicks for the media and stuff. But actually, it wasn't like that at all. So 
in terms of whether or not then he stays at Australia is a whole other thing and whatever. But like, um, you could tell that Australia really were gutted. Like, I really did. I know the adverts and stuff, you know, we're not just going to France for the croissants. But genuinely, there was that thing of, I think they genuinely thought they would at least get out of the group. I think they were probably looking at a semi. And it just, that looked like a team that just was completely deflated. And where Australian rugby goes from here, I honestly don't know. They're hosting the World Cup in four years. They've got a Lions tour in two years. Um, It's such such an exciting project for Eddie in terms of, you know, you can take them. these young players through. and Play the young players through, really good easy side to draw. And then you've got a home World Cup and a Lions tour, Australian rugby's back. But I think he's seen all the problems that are actually there. And there's no doubt. Well, hopefully get Chris Christy back on the pod, get a real deep dive into Australian rugby, what's going wrong, etc. Because a lot of the chat of Eddie might not be there, which is crazy off less than ten no. games. But but full Five credit to Wales too. Full credit to Wales, you know, they, they played well and they're looking good and they're they're growing in confidence and finally wrap up the other games. Uh one of the main talk points is Marcus Smith at fullback. Are you are you jumping on the train, Zach? Very much um, so. Very, very we'll get, much so. Get more from Harvey on it. He wants it now. But at the end of the day, <laughs> I can't see Borfrick doing it. I know everyone else wants it, but you, surely you can't now throw Smith a fullback, say, against the Fiji. That would be crazy. But it I don't know. Like, Smith, but the thing is, is like Freddie's shirt's good under the high ball, but what else does he really offer you than that? Like, genuinely, what else does he offer you? Whereas, why not you just move him to the wing where he's going to take more high balls anyway? But Marcus Smith is competent under the high ball, but he also has that X factor, which makes a defence rethink how it's going to defend, how it's going to defend him, essentially. So you can either, if you put it down his throat, he's definitely going to catch it for one. But then it's kind of like, what's he going to do? You know what I mean? Is he going to do a bit of kick tennis, put it back to you? I just think that unknown factor makes this defender second-guess himself. And that creates gaps in the defence. They either with blitz him or put him behind. Who came in to the side scored five five tries? I'm like, that's that's not a bad that's not a bad back three. No. Sack off John May. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and then oh so England, there was definitely positives in that Chile game in terms of how they play and stuff, but it's more what will Borfwick do because obviously that game was to rotate and play some of the fringe players. Now the French players have properly stepped up and showed what they can do and they can offer something completely different than what the current starters have. It'll show, it'll really see what Borfix's bottle's like if now he does change it and then you have to start rating him as a proper head coach because he makes the big calls. But I'll be honest, England rugby will kind of be laughing now. They sacked Eddie and they all ever laugh thinking now they're going to come, they didn't do a release clause in the contract and they're going to come up against Eddie in the quarterfinal. Looking like a good decision. Eddie out of there. Toxic seems to be the case with Eddie. That word is around him. And now Borfrick is looking chill. But yeah. And in terms of anyone else, Zach, uh, France, 96 points. It's love to see it. And it was brutal, wasn't it? Like, my goodness. I felt so sorry for them. But then I suppose that's the big, yeah, that's the kind of the big talking point, isn't it? Dupont. Yeah, we, um, Dupont, yeah. But I guess. The Dupont talking point's kind of over now because at the end of the day, he's back for the quarterfinal. So, would you say, just to wrap, Zach, if Dupont, obviously, if we did the pod a little bit earlier, it would have been a big debate about Dupont, but now we kind of know he's back for the quarterfinal. Do you think if Dupont was out the quarterfinal, Ireland would have been better off playing France? 
It's a big question. I mean, the the depth of French rugby, which we've talked about time and time again. I mean, actually, I don't. I just don't see how it would be almost an issue, you know, for a replacement nine to come in. You know what I mean? When you look at just when you look at just the depth of French rugby, even with them losing Nantamac and then Dupont, but at the same time, when you lose someone like Dupont, who's arguably the best player in the world, just outright, you know that that factor you know, it has to play on you psychologically. So, but at the same time, France in a quarter, I'd rather take France in a in a final where they're all a wee bit jittery and. And stuff. So no, I. But we appear to have that. our final eight now. Pretty much, it looks like I can't see much. much. Yeah, so we're nearly going to get onto that chat, but we've got a special episode on Thursday on Italy. So tune in because that is a team that can shock the world. So tune in for that one. But no, big thanks, Zach. Cheers, up To anyone that's made this far in the podcast, follow follow us on all our platforms. Spotify at Teleport Podcast, Twitter at Rugby Tell, Instagram Teleport Podcast, even on TikTok nowadays, we're everywhere at Teleport Rugby. So please, follow us everywhere, and we'll catch you next week.